0: Welcome back to another episode of Marvel News Ask, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Our panel today is our usual crew of Adam and Rhiannon and myself, Caleb, and I promise this is the first time that I've talked tonight. I have not had to record that uh, intro three or four sure. times, right guys? Not hey, at, all. Yeah.
1: Hey, no at all. have been doing great.
0: no problems at all.
2: Everybody
1: is very Good work. welcome to be listening to us. <laughs> We're...
0: We're so professional, there's no way there's a whole entire blooper reel of trying to get the show started on the Patreon. Not at all. Uh, We want to encourage you guys to subscribe to us on YouTube, that's watch.marvelnewsdesk.com. Also, um, check out our website and all those other things. Uh, We've got the Patreon at patreon.com slash marvelnewsdesk. That does give you access to various things based on what level you're at. Uh, The $5 and above levels mean you get to watch the uh, live stream of the podcast if you'd like. Uh, Or just watch it a little bit early, as some folks like to. So, uh, yeah. We'd love for you to go check that out. And uh, let's jump into the news. So, the biggest news, I guess, of the week, in my opinion. And this is something that was hinted at earlier, but we're getting more sources now on it. There is a lot of belief that Black Widow is going to be Marvel's first R-rated movie. Adam Rihanna? Um... What do you guys think? Is that a good idea? Do you want to see an R-rated movie Uh, join the MCU? And is Black Widow the right one to do it? It's
2: inevitable. I mean, rated R, Black Widow makes a hell of a lot more sense than rated R, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, I mean, with Deadpool coming over and the like, it it was a matter of time. Um, I just want... I want to get past this first hurdle. I want to get past this first rated R movie thing so these people keep saying, ah, these Disney movies aren't going to be dark and gritty or whatever. Because um, for whatever reason, even though Frank Castle ripped out a dude's eyeballs with the slums less than a year ago, people still don't think Disney has the capability of doing rated R movies. Um, so, yeah, I think it's inevitable. I, It does take down only one technically family-friendly Disney movie next year. Um, You know, since they only have the two movie dates. Uh, But other than that, it's it's going to be unique to see how they market it. I guess, Uh, especially if they put the normal Marvel Studios logo on it. Um, It'll just be interesting. Like, are they going to slap on a parental advisory sticker? Or, you know, how are they going to do it? Surely they just aren't going to have the trailer play out like a normal Marvel trailer with the Marvel Studios logo and stuff, right? I mean, I, I guess it's it's unprecedented, um, so we'll just have to kind of play by ear with that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure how I feel about it until we know what angle they're taking. You know, we've heard a lot of rumors of what this movie is going to be, and if it is... Like her creation story, we know there's some, um, I, you know, some stuff that went on in the Black Widow training program and everything. Um, so, how dark is that going to get? how How much of it are we going to see, or is it? I mean, because I don't see, I don't see it getting that rating because people are dropping f bombs. Um, but I think, Caleb, you hit on what the biggest thing this will mean is. And I'll throw it to you to let you talk about that.
0: Uh, give me a hint of what you were thinking, because I have so many thoughts on it. Well, just Which particular I mean, one were you thinking about? The
1: impact on little girls. Excited about seeing. Oh,
0: yeah. So our daughter, we've been going through the MCU. We've got a eight, almost nine-year-old that I've decided I'm going to let watch Marvel movies now. And she's excited about female characters. She's always... Since she was even littler, like, there's one female Avenger, and that is Black Widow. Now, that's changed over time as they've added to the team. But of the original six, Black Widow was the original one. And so she always kind of loved that character. Like, she asked for a Black Widow toy for Christmas. And I know, like, little five- and six-year-old girls that bought Black Widow costumes for Halloween because they liked the Avengers and they wanted the girl one. And so... You know, there's a whole, I don't know about generation, but there's like this group of girls somewhere between six or seven or whenever people start letting their kids watch these movies. And, you know, 16, 17, I don't know. It depends on when you let your kids watch R-rated movies. But the point is, there's all these kids that are now going to like finally get their character in a movie and they can't go see it. Like, I'm not going to let my kid go see an R-rated Black Widow movie. It was uncomfortable enough watching Age of Ultron and have to like, oh, let's not get into sterilization. I really rather not have that conversation. And so, uh, yeah, that kind of that bums me out. The other thing I can't believe is just because of the release date. I don't know why if this still had the August date and it was like the low budget August movie that they were doing to kind of counter program and it was R-rated, that'd be one thing. But this has now become their big May tentpole. I mean, this has taken the slot of an Iron Man 3 and a Cap Civil War and an Avengers Infinity. Like, this is the billion-dollar slot. And the idea that they would put an R-rated movie in the billion-dollar slot is very surprising to me. I just, that is the only piece that really doesn't fit to me, that they're going to take that chance. Um, and overall, I mean, they're we've teased, are they going to do have a $4 billion year this year? The fact that they'd follow it up next year with something, I mean, between Eternals and Black Widow, I mean, maybe you get one and a half billion out of those, but maybe not. Maybe more like one or two, you know, 1.2 or something. I just, it's its a little surprising on the financial side.
2: But there, i I think I have a pretty good theory or understanding <clears throat> on why the movies are big experiments next year. But I think that's our main topic, so I might bring it up then.
0: All right. Uh, next bit of news. Speaking of R-rated stuff, uh, Rob Liefeld took to Twitter to guarantee for us that Deadpool 3 certainly is still happening. It's in the, the works. The Disney deal isn't going to cause it any trouble. Uh, do you guys feel relieved to hear that Deadpool 3 is going forward? And do you trust Rob Liefeld to even know if Deadpool 3 is going forward?
1: That's my first question. Like, what I does think he really know? I think he knows know? more
0: than we think, at least when it came
2: to the Fox stuff. I mean, now that Deadpool is owned by Disney, I mean, he probably doesn't really know. Man, I'm just looking forward to this Major X. Give us Major X. Let's see how we always uh, talk in our Slack chat about how they don't introduce... Fresh, original characters. You know, they're always derivatives. We have Cosmic Ghost Rider, and we have X-23, and so on and so forth. We have Viv, Viv Vision. Major X seems like he's
0: an original guy. Just for our listeners who don't keep... Oh, yeah, comics, I forgot. Yes, Major yes. Major X is not a medicine that works like X-Lax. It is actually a new character that's being created yes, by Rob Liefeld. It for it is the comic, comic books. books. What you
2: guys... And gals should probably read. Um,
1: I mean, an X-Lax derivative sounds totally fitting with the Deadpool universe.
0: Are you having trouble pooping? (laughs) Try Major X.
1: Pranks. The latest
0: pharmaceutical.
1: Pranks at the mansion.
2: I tried to come up with a foot joke plus the diarrhea stuff, but I couldn't come up with one.
0: Rhiannon, are you excited for Deadpool 3?
1: I mean, you you need to see it the Deadpool movies, they are what they are and they make me laugh. So, I will be in for it. I mean, they make those, I'll keep seeing them, unless they turn into nothing but dirty jokes that I don't enjoy. Um, Right now, they're a good level of dirty jokes that I enjoy. So, until they cross that line, I'm in for whatever dirt.
2: Like, say one. What's the th- what's the threshold <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> of dirty jokes me, with you?
1: Poo jokes. Like, if it's nothing but poo. Like, if it's the humor of an 8-year-old boy, I'm not too interested. If it's the humor of a 12-year-old boy, like, that's okay. But once boys get to, like, 15, 16, then it becomes all about their genitalia and, like, where they're going to put it. And then I sort of lose interest in those jokes. So, right at, like, the... T-
2: so we're looking at, so you're you're okay with, like, preteen humor? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. I Instead of, that. you don't like poo jokes, but you <laughs> like poop jokes.
1: Maybe. Or the
2: S-word jokes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's why comedy is so hard. Because that line is hard to define. The line, and, I mean, I don't enjoy going to amateur comedy clubs. I don't enjoy that sort of thing. Because people tend to lean on some overused humor somehow Deadpool hits on that overused humor and I still find it funny and I don't get irritated at them and I don't know how to define that. I mean, I think that's why they're, you know, extremely popular movies because it hits that line and it crosses the line for some, but you know, it it magically finds that place that it's enjoyable while still being just a tiny bit gross.
0: Right. And I think also, his ability to maybe make fun of people without seeming mean, you yes. know, like he's got to have some edge, but if it comes off at all as misogynistic or homophobic or racist or any of those kinds of things, then people go, Oh, and their stomach starts to turn. And so that's a, that's a real fine line that I think a Deadpool movie has to walk that he doesn't just seem like a mean character that rips down people and belittles people. Cause people don't, don't want to see that.
2: Right, for the most part, I mean it's largely self-deprecating humor. It's mostly just ripping down himself. Right,
1: but no, but he constantly ripped down. I mean, we talked about this when Deadpool two came out. I mean, he he ripped um, the girl, the teenage, the teenage warhead.
0: Yeah, Negasonic um,
1: teenage. Yeah. Men- yeah, Negasonic. Sorry. Um, you know, he ripped on her all the time. But there were so many dirty places he could have gone with that, so many places that would have felt mean. And somehow he managed to just go at her and go at her and never make it feel like a bully.
2: Alright, let me ask this question. What's better, Deadpool two or Venom?
0: Oh for me? Deadpool, Deadpool two. two. Yeah. Yeah I'm both are oh, Really? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't
2: know.
0: That. Um, all right let's keep moving on our news um i know this is another one that's come out in different rumors at different times in different places and it's maybe a little bit old at this point it seems like a lot of people think that uh avengers endgame is going to introduce us to the black knight uh from marvel uh adam i guess i don't know if you can i think you can do this can you tell listeners who the black knight is if they like mcu stuff but they're not comic like they're not into the comics enough to know the black
2: knight is not it's not going to be a crossover with that martin lawrence movie of the early 2000s it was one of my uh, favorite movies growing bad. up not that black what knight. about what about
1: uh the holy grail knights the Knights and Monty Python's Hunt: Search for the Holy Grail.
2: I would also like that.
1: Any crossovers there?
2: Um, the dude's name is Dane Whitman, and he has a magical blade called the Ebony Blade, um, which they were at one point going to use in Doctor Strange. Um, and there's either Cargill or Derrickson went on board and gave us a reason why they decided to cut the Ebony Blade from Doctor Strange. Um, I got. I'm not. Can't remember if we talked about this last week about how he might come in, but there's a lot of theories about him being in the part of the quantum realm, whether it be like a weird world or or something of that nature. He rides a Pegasus. Is that what you call a Pegasus? Right. Yeah. The horse with wings. That's Pegasus. Um, he rides one of those, and actually, at one time. He shared, uh, I don't even know the Pegasus' name, Um, but it was the same mode of transportation for Valkyrie. Um, So, yeah, he is kind of a medieval-type character that uh, technologically advanced slash magically advanced, if that's a thing. Um, That's the Black Knight. Super obscure character, Uh, but, I mean, he's been... a part of the avenger do i have it there? avengers uh 47 and 48 so i mean he's uh he was an avenger before spider-man don't quote me on that but i'm pretty sure all
0: right hearing that rihanna as someone who i'm guessing does not have a deep love of black knight is that something that excites you like if if black knight shows up in endgame are you gonna be like yes or are you gonna be like why is this guy in this movie
1: I'll probably be somewhere in between. Just sort of like, okay, that's... Oh, that's who Adam described. I wish I was paying attention when he was talking. I,
2: I, no, and it's my fault, because I was very monotone when describing it. I didn't really do the good pump-up job. But, I mean, they could do some very weird stuff. Think of, like, a uh, a set piece that is kind of like... Uh, Doctor Strange when they're building all the buildings and stuff. But then you add in, like, floating... Kind of take a medieval knight and throw him... What's the world in Avatar called? Pandora. With the floating islands and stuff? Yeah, Pandora. Pandora. Oh, that's more cliche than I thought. Um, Yeah, combine those two. Say, like, Black Knight was in, like, a pandora type world with the mythical beasts and stuff kind of science fictiony kind of magical kind of i don't know it's not just like he jousts people and that's kind of his whole story
0: but that is the black knight Uh, this could be a major mistake like endgame is the 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 culmination of a decade of the mcu and if they're gonna bring any new characters in I don't know. I mean if it was if it was like an Adam Warlock, maybe, but like Black Knight is just so C list or D list. It seems really weird to be like we've come to the culmination of a decade of Marvelness and here's a character that I mean, when's the last time Black Knight had a major role in a comic book? Can you remember like has has he even well, appeared in, in, in the uh... last decade? Oh,
2: for sure. He had his uh all new, all different Marvel, he had his own Run that obviously was canceled six issues. I think he's in, uh, I think he's in it had a short spot in this latest champions one a couple issues ago. Spoiler alert. Um, but they kind of go to weird world a little bit, and that's where he is right now. So, I mean, he's he's been around. He's, I mean, he's a real classic Avenger. He's been been an Avenger for for quite some time, one of the earliest ones, obviously. But so here's what I envision. I'm not sure if you want to jump down an in-game rabbit hole. But I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities to, depending on if they use time travel, you know, strictly time travel. I don't think um, they'll go balls to the wall and introduce all these different new characters. I do think if they're going through the quantum realm and stuff, I could see kind of like a Bill and Ted type scenario almost where they stop either at this time period or at in this dimension and it's like a quick cameo shot or something but i I mean i don't anticipate dane whitman coming in and you know using his sword to decapitate thanos by any means um obviously i think this uh the movie is going to end up being much much larger than we expect with all sorts of uh plot holes i mean it could it could end up starting more plot you know story arcs than it resolves quite frankly
0: yeah i guess for me it's i think back to civil war and how exciting it was to see black panther and spider-man kind of introduced in civil war and so the problem is like those are huge characters and so the idea, and we've heard that Eternals might get introduced in here somehow as well, that one or two of them might show up in Endgame, that they're casting them a little early. I'm just not. I don't know. Endgame, for me, there's so many wish fulfillment things that if I'm going down the path of like, oh, this is awesome, and then all of a sudden Black Knight pops up, I'm going to be like, what is this doing here? Like, just save him for the next phase. Give him his own solo movie if you have to. I, I'm just. It feels like it'll be really force force fit if he is there, but I don't know. The
2: but there's that thing there's there was that report a while ago when Bond twenty five or whatever pushed back that Marvel was looking to get into Pinewood UK, um relatively quickly. So I, I think that might be one of the main who the, they had Guy Ritchie attached to that right Captain Britain and uh, oh yeah, yeah Black Knight movie.
0: So Michael T. Ford's asking, do you guys have anyone that you'd like to be cast as Captain as um Black Knight? Haven't even thought about it.
2: I, I don't necessarily get like a, a dude bro type buy. I could see this would be this would give be a good one for Army Hammer, I think. Um but, yeah, that's, I don't know why he always just seems like he's always interested in whatever cast and he wants to get super involved in the uh, genre. So, um, kind of dude bro-ish, kind of serious. I hear
1: Affleck's I available.
2: available. Oh, right, yeah.
0: <laughs> Until he doesn't want to be anymore. Until he gets all sad. Until he doesn't want to be, and they have to recast after one and a half movies. I was thinking, uh, I don't think he'd do it because he's sick of doing bonds, so I can't see him getting into the MCU. But Daniel Craig would be an interesting addition to the uh, the MCU. Just him—he's a British guy. He's strong. I don't know. Rihanna is not buying it. I don't think she's got this look like, on her face. No, off, I mean I don't, I don't have a
1: strong mental picture for this character. Um, yeah. So I don't have huge feelings. No, you just sent me down the Bond path. And I was like, he could go be Bond. and I mean, he could go be a Marvel character and then Hiddleston could go be Bond. Uh,
0: there's been more news about the streaming service this week. Uh, I think it was Variety put out a big uh, article about Disney and how they're building the streaming service. It was mostly businessy stuff. The thing that came out of it is they did say that there is quote-unquote big money going into the Marvel shows, which is good to hear. Uh, we also got another batch of rumors, which I really don't, totally want to dignify the most interesting one being uh the suggestion that there's no way we're going to get a marvel show in 2019 that's the opposite of what the trades have told us over and over again um do you guys care about this rumor or do you think uh you know do you think this is real at all or do you think we're definitely getting a 2019 show
2: Yeah, good question I mean, if it's 2019, they better start pretty quick, especially if they're doing, like, movie qualities. Well, I don't... what what, I always forget. What's the timeline? Are we talking, like, two weeks per episode?
1: I mean, all bets are off when you're putting this kind of money and effort into something, but about two weeks is a high-budget TV show. Uh,
0: Just for kicks and giggles i would remind us that we started filming Inhumans in february and it released at the end of august and we saw how well that worked out so certainly um it would suggest that they need to start filming this stuff pretty pretty darn fast
1: (laughs) if they're not already starting something
0: we've mentioned that before it's just that we haven't seen like footage of hiddleston on any sets or
1: anything so but he wouldn't be if he was just doing voiceover, right?
0: Oh, that's true. If he's just narrating. That's
2: true. Ooh. Sorry, I interrupted. But uh, guess who is directing Suicide Squad 2?
1: I am. Sorry, guys.
0: James Gunn. James Gunn!
1: I thought, I thought that Heck was. Heck
0: yeah, me. he is. I was about to say that was. No,
2: he was writing it. He was writing. He was only writing Oh, They hadn't officially. Okay, Mm.
0: (laughs) don't worry. You are not listening to an episode that's four months old, listeners. That was a. That was a. We kind of assumed that he was going to direct it, though, right?
2: Kind of, but I mean, there was still some. uh, There was still some speculation.
0: I, I just think one of the thing We know so little about streaming, and one of the things we don't know is what are the budgets going to be like? What are they, What's the filming going to look like? Are they going to film them like more like movies? Are they going to film them more like TV shows? Uh, the fact that it's this kind of weird hybrid thing and Marvel Studios is doing it, and it's going to be six to eight episodes. We're not even sure how many episodes. We don't know how long those episodes are going to be. Maybe it'll be like... Sherlock, And it'll be three episodes, but they're all two-hour movie-type episodes. You know, like, we know nothing about it, and so it's hard to say when things are going. I think that there's a fair idea, though, if they're putting a lot of money into it in their big budget, that they're running out of time to get it done for this year.
1: Yeah, and if it's, I mean, if it's a TV show that they're filming, like, a movie, which, because this is Feige and because, you know, like, his experiences with movies, that's likely... I mean, there are TV shows filmed like movies, Um, your Game of Thrones and um, Outlander, where they have it all written ahead of time so that they can go to one big location. And if that location is in three or four episodes, they can do all the filming in that location Um, like a movie versus, you know, a TV show. They have their set and they go out to locations and they do one episode at a time. Um, And if they're doing that, they don't have time to get that done this year. I mean, they'd have to have all the scripts ready for a show and start filming now for it to come out in the fall.
0: All right. uh, We have a few more news things that's going to hit. Matt Smith has been brought on board to the Morbius movie, and that movie officially has a July of 2020 date. So if we're bummed about only getting Black Widow and Eternals on the MCU side, don't worry. We're going to get Morbius, too, to make things all better. Um either of you guys a Matt Smith fan any thoughts on his casting or the release date for Morbius
1: I think he looks a bit like a vampire so this is fabulous casting I mean I think he lo- I don't know just something about that man looks weird
2: zero thoughts at all I have no idea who it could be I am not too uh, familiar with the Morbius um mythos there go check out our um Friends at that hashtag show, I think they d- did drop something. Um, casting breakdowns and such that there's probably somebody he would be playing. But I, for the life of me, don't
0: remember. Cause
2: <sighs> Morbius.
0: Hey man, you're the Venom fan. You're supposed to be the guy that pumps these oh, things Oh, I'll up probably love Morbius.
2: They <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, that's only because I'm tight with Sony now. But um, no, I have no idea who Morbius could be, or not Morbius Smith. Smith. What's his name? Matt Smith. I think so. Yeah. It's the most played name people. ever. Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. I'm assuming there aren't 15 Matt Smiths, and this is a different one. But yes, if this is the one I'm thinking of, it's the Doctor Who.
2: Yeah, he's in Doctor Who. He's also in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah,
1: and he, uh, you yeah, Prince Philip in the Crown. For anybody that watches that. I'm sure we have a huge overlap between this show and The Crown. I keep throwing, like, my Outlander, The Crown, like, you know. Maybe we have, like, two or three female listeners. Yeah, I the
0: the YouTube splits are not great on um, gender diversity on our channel. So Yeah. We do a pretty, you know, Rihanna, we don't say it enough. You um, existing in this highly testosterone environment <laughs> of comic books. It's very impressive. You deserve much credit for you know not taking crap from people. So thanks. But all right, uh, C. Robert Cargill is coming back to help write the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, this was a little weird to me because if you got, I mean, we've talked about on the show that we always thought that he got himself in trouble by leaking too much stuff that Marvel didn't want him to leak. And then when they announced that Scott Derrickson was coming back, Variety very explicitly said they are going to now start a process of searching for a writer. And then they're like, oh, we're just going to bring back the guy from Doctor Strange 1. Um, Any thoughts on just his hiring? Are you glad to see him back? Does it seem a little unusual the way that some of this fell out? It should be noted
2: that he could very well not be the writer for Doctor Strange 2. Because as is worded, they had just purchased or ordered a script from him, oh. and it, at least that's what THS said, right? That's who broke this, I think. Um, so at least that's how they worded it. Is I would guess so. I mean, the night it broke, they him and Scott were eating dinner, but obviously they're friends beforehand. Um, but Scott also switched his Twitter profile up and. All that stuff to full-on strange modes. So, man, I have a huge wish list for Doctor Strange too. Now, Adam, you
0: said they purchased a script from Cargill.
2: Or I, I don't know what the what the right terminology is. I probably should have looked it up before I said it. But the
0: way it was worded, un momento, please. Well, I'm going to say the thing I was going to say as you look it up because it might not make sense in two minutes once you look it up. But it could be really interesting if they liked the general direction, but they didn't like the script. If they kind of like purchased it from him and he's going to get the story by credit, but they're about to bring somebody else to rewrite, you know, the actual screenplay, which would be interesting.
2: Right. And that's totally possible. Um, and they've kind of been doing that more and more with their movies. Like, Captain Marvel essentially had a writer's room, and there's explicitly... I think Nicole Perlman got the story by credit. Uh, He's so here. Sources confirmed this morning that Cargill, who recently hinted that he was working on a secret project, will produce a script that Marvel Studios will review before finalizing a deal. Oh. But, I mean, if it's not, I would guess, if anything, you know, he gets story by, and then Derrickson and him both get screenwriting credits or just Derrickson. I don't know. Yeah. Derrickson had his hand in, uh, writing the first
0: one too. Right. Yeah. I I guess for me, the weird thing is just, I would have assumed if those guys seem to be a team and partners, it just seems like if they liked Dr. Strange one and they liked what got pitched to them by Derrickson and Cargill was clearly working on a pitch with him. You just would have thought that back in December when they hired Derrickson, It would have come out, they've hired Scott Derrickson and they're also returning writer C. Robert Cargill to help him co-write the screenplay. You know, like, it just seems weird to me that we have so many of these, like, weird, quasi-fuzzy details on this situation.
2: Right, but at the same time, I think you mentioned it earlier, I mean, the dude's already flat out revealed the basis of a plot at, like, some convention panel. So, I could see the hesitation on studio's part.
1: And for those that don't remember, he was the one that kept saying things about the Ancient One and the the changing. Yeah, there was so much brouhaha over the race of the Ancient One and the story behind that, and he's the one that just kept fueling that fire. So, yeah, I wonder what... I mean, obviously he enjoyed the... Uh, you know he wasn't afraid of the decisions he made um so i wonder what uh politically incorrect direction he'll take for the second one
0: it, yeah at the very least it may not it may be that they just didn't like like you said just the way he handled some of those things and his inability to stay away from from the drama all right black panther is a sh- is a movie i feel like we've talked about in the news almost every week forever since we started this podcast but we need to mention quickly that they did win the overall um, Screen Actors Guild Award for Best uh, Cast in a Motion Picture, as well as for the Best Stunt Cast. Uh, Daredevil did lose the stunt cast, which caused much rending of of garments and mourning on, on Twitter. Uh, also, AMC is going to be showing uh, Black Panther for some free screenings from like February 1st to 7th. You just have to sign up and you get the tickets. I didn't check out why they're doing that, but that's Black cool. Black History uh, Month. Check it it's out. It's for Black History Month. Oh, okay. That makes yeah. sense.
1: And it's not just like in major cities. Like, I, I saw some towns in North Carolina were doing it. It's it's maybe not, maybe not in Iowa, but it seems to be pretty.
2: Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. I don't think there's a single AMC theater oh, okay. in the state. I could double check. We
0: don't have an AMC in our state. I'd have to go up into Mass for it, so
1: Jeez.
0: all the way into Massachusetts, as we were say saying. What's the uh, what's the population of the uh, RI, man? Oh, this is my favorite stat. The population of the state's like 1.2, 1.3 million. and the population of Providence Metro is one point seven million.
1: That's awesome.
0: Because. We've got lots of like okay. little suburbs. There's little suburbs that are effectively Providence suburbs that are over the line of Massachusetts. So the, w- the city I live in is larger than the state I live in, depending on how you count it. So,
1: <laughs> So your Metropolitan Transit gotcha. Authority, I mean, your Metropolitan Planning Authority has jurisdiction over more than the state. That's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, well, I'm not sure if that's TV market. I'm not sure how people no, count No, there's, that there's area, legal
1: but... definitions of a metropolitan area and the population taken into effect when oh. you consider a metropolitan area because there are legal ramifications once you are determined to be a metropolitan area that you have to have certain planning boards and such.
0: Like. Oh, yeah, so Black Panther... I mean, the big deal on the Black Panther news is if if you don't if people don't understand the academy is broke up into lots of different distinct groups one of those groups is actors and actors is the largest subset of the academy 17% of voters are actors so whenever somebody wins the big award at the screen actors it what this tells us is if they vote similarly for best picture 17% of the vote will be majority towards black panther which is it kind of put Black Panther back in in the horse race. I think a lot of people were counting them out, and then they won this, and it's like, oh, this maybe could still happen, so.
1: And Daredevil not winning stunts would make me feel worse if I thought anybody had bothered, like, to send out a stunt reel to the voters. I sort of feel like, you know, Netflix and whatever, they're like, oh, you know, like, probably did not even notice that they had the nomination there. Um, because obviously, like, if anybody watched the stunts in Glow and watched the stunts in Daredevil, they, yeah, it's a no-brainer.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen Glow. It it, it struck me as probably not as good of a movie stunt-wise, but uh, I wasn't going to say anything because I hadn't seen it. Oh, wait, Glow won over Daredevil?
2: I agree with that. I mean, Glow's purely stunts. I mean, the whole
0: show's just one big stunt. Yeah, but it's like wrestling, right? It's
2: okay, fine, go ahead and go ahead and reach through the computer screen and <laughs> strangle me.
0: Jeez Louise, I felt the freaking, that glare, Jesus criminy. <laughs> Good lord. Let's go ahead, we're going to do a little bit of trailer talk, because we got a introduction to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6. This kind of came out of nowhere, I felt like, I mean, we weren't hearing too much about it, and then... Chloe Bennett did a little interview and then boom, all of a sudden we had this promo, uh, still no release date. We don't know what's coming out, but we got a look at what season six of agents of shield is going to look like. So, uh, if you haven't seen that trailer, go run over and watch it. Um, I mean, I don't worry about spoiling a trailer, but I think the biggest thing that everyone's talking about is the trailer starts out talking about how Coulson's dead. And then at the end of the trailer, Coulson's not dead anymore. What did you guys think about Evil Coulson or, you know, whatever they're giving us at the end of that trailer?
2: Where did uh, where y'all get the uh, evil description from? Because I, I guess I, w- I was totally lost on why people thought it was evil. It seemed more like Forgetful Col- Coulson than...
1: Wasn't there like voiceover or something as they revealed his face? Or maybe it was just like that he looked like he had a gun that they set it up like they were introducing a villain and then it was his face. I apologize, guys. I watched like three times when it first came out and then forgot to refresh myself before we podcasted. But
0: for me, it's it's the way it was cut. They were like, who are the like Mac is like, who are these guys? They're really powerful. They're hitting us hard. And they like flashed through like three or four of these new superpowered bad guys and then they cut to the back of this mysterious figure, and I just assumed he was with the bad guys. And also, I think it's supposed to be kind of a menacing shot the way it's lit and over his shoulder. I don't know, Adam, did you not think it was bad Colson? You just think it's like random
1: Colson? Uh, I don't,
0: I don't, I would say it's far from evil.
2: I mean, all he said was, Shield never heard of it, or something like that.
1: That sounds like an evil Colson okay. to me. I mean, if it's Coulson and and their shield, then obviously that shield is full of bad people. Because shield wasn't there to take him down. Therefore, bad Coulson.
0: Yeah, it was just the way it was cut together to me with all the bad guys and then cut to him. Wow,
2: I don't know why they put him in there. I really don't. It's bizarre. Why did they let Chloe do that interview and she says, oh, the Daisy's story arc is about getting over Coulson or whatever. She said something about how he's dead, dead, and it's bizarre. I mean, I don't. I'm happy Shields coming back, but good lord, I don't. I don't think the trailer made me excited for it.
0: Well, and then there's hints that like May too, right? In the trailer, May's like, "Well, we got the time. We like you could tell there was like an emotional resonance to like May living post Coulson's death." And it's it seems like this show is chronically incapable of letting someone stay dead. I mean, it's a show that started by resurrecting Coulson from Avengers. And then heaven knows we've seen Brett freaking Ward, you know, come back from the dead eight billion times. Grant Ward. Grant Ward. What did I-
1: you said Brett.
0: <laughs> See, that's how forgettable of a character he is. I don't even...
2: I didn't know his name was Grant. I just mm-hmm. I thought it was Brad or Brad or Eric or Malcolm or I don't know.
0: Oh, I said the actor's name though, right? Wait a minute. It's... You did, yes. Okay. It's Brett Dalton. Brett, Brett Dalton. Dalton Okay, is... that's what I did.
2: Okay. Oh, we could still we could call him Brett Ward. That's fine with me.
0: <laughs> so it, it does seem very odd to try to give us the emotional resonance of, oh, we lost Colson, he died, and then undo it 30 seconds later. Like, even if they had, like, kept it a secret and had given us an episode or two of him dead and then brought him back. But the fact that, I mean... I just, I don't know. It seemed like a very odd choice to me. That's all. What did you guys think of, they showed, I mean, we obviously got some of the tone of the show. We got some different settings. It looks like there's going to be more space stuff. Um, Did you have any thoughts about how the show looks and feels and anything you're excited about in it? Shield is um,
2: wholeheartedly back out in the open for sure. We didn't get
1: that. Like, cause you guys were I mean, talking that's... about that before I saw the trailer. So where did you see the vehicles with shield logo on it?
2: The uh, em up truck like ran into them. That huge semi ran into two. It was like a roadblock of sorts, and the semi ran into the shield logos all decked out. And I mean, shields technically public. Now I forget where we where we stood with that because it was public with Mace, and then Miss Mace, Mace died. And then LMD, Daisy, Shaw, General Talbot in the well, head. Well, and then
1: there was all the timing, um, time travel, and they were locked in the bunker when they came back, and fugitives.
2: So, I mean, they are kind of sort of public, but I mean, this trailer, obviously, if S.H.I.E.L.D.'s driving around Jeeps. I mean, it just ruined Endgame for us, you know?
1: Um, Did we see Deke?
2: Yes. Yes. In that slow-mo sideways full-on Star Wars
0: shot. Yeah, he was doing the uh, John Woo thing, you know, where he was, like, falling sideways, shooting double guns.
1: Ah, go Deke.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason people feel that this will be affected by Endgame is because we also know that Fury and Hill are involved in Spider-Man Far From Home, and so it would fit well, very well together if whatever happens in Endgame gives us S.H.I.E.L.D. again. There's also... Ah, uh, Tony Stark is wearing a shield outfit in some of the set photos from Endgame, so th- there's this feeling that Shield may be reinstated in the aftermath of whatever they do in Endgame. Um, and so I think that's where some of that stuff comes from. But it it will be it has been very confusing whether the show you know like whether Shield's above ground or underground. It feels like they've gone back and forth a whole lot. Are you guys excited about more space stuff, or does that feel a little reach ready from? last season?
2: I will never say no to cosmic stuff. Um, I, I still do think that season four still been the best so far. I still like it a lot more than the space stuff. The space stuff of last year was super good. Um, and now that this is a 13-episode season, I mean, it doesn't seem obviously the pod things are off. Um, I don't know. It's time travel stuff, you know, I guess I don't know. It seems like they're introducing a new Did we assume the bad guys were these marauder-type people? Are they inhumans? Because Daisy's talking to something, or there's something about powers, and then there's that church scene, or that building scene with the blue light. Um, I don't know, I guess. This is super nitpicky, and I feel stupid for saying it, but why... Why was uh, Fitz's eyes froze open?
1: I, that, <laughs> what I don't know. you think he would have? That kind of bothered me too. Like, and why were they just staring at his frozen eyes?
2: I know. I'm like, uh, that's creepy. Anyways, yeah, I don't know. I, I won't ever say no to more space stuff. Except, I mean, the the visual effects are borderline movie quality. Um, some of them are at least.
0: Yeah, I guess what I'm a little concerned about. I've liked the hard reset on S.H.I.E.L.D. lately. Like, we got Ghost Rider, and there were ghosts, and there was, like, you know, mysticism. And then a hard reset to, like, the LMD cyborg thing. And then a hard reset to, like, the Matrix-y thing. And then a hard reset again to a show that takes place in the future with the Cree. And so to see this season, and we've got Deke back, we've got Enoch back, we've got Space back. I think we see... Don't we see a Cree person at some point? Or is it a green person? I don't know. So I thought that's the lighting because
2: I rewound and did frame by frame. I'm like, was that a scroll? But it was just a bald guy with green lights on him. Oh,
0: okay. (laughs) So anyway, I just, I liked that each season felt like a very different arc in a different direction. And this one feels a little bit more of the same from season five. And so I'm not totally pumped about that.
2: Hey, but Coulson's alive, guys. (laughs)
0: He is. Do you guys see anything from any particular character that sparked your interest as far as a character you're excited to see further their story?
1: I really wasn't sparked by much until I saw Coulson. Like, maybe it's that everything moved so quickly or that it was so dark and everything, but they didn't have me until they revealed him to be Coulson. Except maybe I am interested in seeing um agent may mourn morning may i mean not that she was all that like perky and happy to begin with
0: yeah i was happy to see yo-yo um i think yo-yo it looked like she was kind of still dealing with some stuff and she's got the lost arms and i don't know i think an angry ticked off Yo-Yo, um, the balance with her and Mac and Mac always being like, no, we can't do that. I could see the relationship being stressed by her being like, I just want to go kill some people. And Mac's like, no, that's not the way we do it. I'm kind of interested to see their relationship continue to evolve that way. But, all right, let's jump into our main conversation. Uh, we wanted to, so this is where this started uh, I was watching a video the other day that was the 10 most um, the ten most anticipated movies of 2019. And there's a million lists like this. I don't know how people count this. But um, this particular list had eight movies that are being produced by Marvel or Disney in some way. Like there was the Disney live action stuff. There were the three Marvel movies. There was the Star Wars movie. And this year, as we've talked about several times, this is the year of Disney. Uh, We know that they have the three Marvel things. Uh, They've got Captain Marvel, Endgame, and uh, obviously they produced but won't get the revenue from Far From Home. They've got Dumbo. They've got Aladdin. They've got Lion King. They've got another Frozen movie. They've got Toy Story 4. They've got Star Wars Episode Nine. I mean, it is a full onslaught from Disney and the Mouse House. And so we thought it might be a good time. The the Fox deal is finally wrapping up to have a little more in-depth conversation about if if this is good, like if Disney having this amount of control over the film industry is a good thing. And particularly from the Marvel perspective, is it good for Marvel to be one of the brands that are caught up in this tsunami that is uh, Disney and Disney Entertainment? Um, so I guess you know just the first question very generally is you know this fox deal becomes a reality uh, is there anything about this like we I don't want to call it monopoly, but this oligarchy that's being created in Hollywood does it make you guys nervous that Disney controls so much of this stuff at this point?
1: I think there's obviously always a um a downside to the corporation I mean I think I don't know. I was thinking about it today, and that we're never going to get a movie that China disagrees with, you know, on a grand scale. I mean, that's not just Disney or anything, and there's a lot of politics involved in that. But, um, I, Disney seems to bring in, you know, they seem to be bringing in and bringing along a lot of, new creators and diversity in creators Um, so I think the downsides are the invisible things that we're not gonna see what I do like about Disney is they obviously have amazing quality control whatever the upper management is whatever it is that goes into the product that they create They somehow do it right you know you don't get you don't get sort of the shotgun effect that you see at some of the other studios I mean obviously they have some flops but not you know they consistently do really good quality movies and products so, I don't know. I mean, I know there has to be a downside, and I've read the Twitter feeds of the people in the industry about, you know, how this is affecting the industry, but I, I'm i not seeing it. It's not at a place that's that visible to us.
2: See, I want to disagree with you, but I can't, because I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, outside of Disney, there's... Still, what they used to there was the Big Six. So now there's going to be the Big Five. There's still four major major movie studios outside of Disney. I mean, you can't fault Disney for pushing out good movies. I mean, what last year they had one miss with what well, what the Nutcracker movie and well, Wrinkle in Time um, for many people was a miss too, just on the box right, office Right. Right. So two movies out of what? I mean, looking forward to this year. I mean, you know how much money they're gonna make because they're just great movies. They're they're guaranteed great movies, or not? I shouldn't say guaranteed great movies. They're guaranteed money making movies. Let's go that route. It's gonna make Disney's gonna make so much damn money this year. But I mean, no fault to them. I mean, they watch What of the? Uh, so they bought Marvel in a uh, in an acquisition and they bought Star Wars in an acquisition but everything else is original Disney owned content right
0: Yeah I mean a lot of people would call Pixar an acqu- acquisition as well. That was kind of a weird relationship in the, in the early days so right but I mean
2: it's I, I'd still say it's far from a monopoly I mean what? They're just put, like, Star Wars in their, uh, Star Wars is is more and more original characters. I mean, Marvel, they're pulling from just their own characters. You know, I mean, DC has every opportunity to make so much better. They have Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman. I mean, those are, out of the top five most sellable comic book superheroes, those are three of the top five right there. The other two are probably Spider-Man and Wolverine. Um, I don't. I, I don't get the monopoly thing. I and yes, I understand. I. I think Variety reported thousands of people are going to lose their jobs in this acquisition. Um, but I still think it's pretty far from a monopoly. And I, I'm tr- trying to get. I don't know. It's hard to struggle. I mean, because obviously, I I'm going to enjoy everything Marvel pushes out. I'm selfish and want them to do um, X-Men-based stuff. But at the same time, I mean, Paramount has every right to do their own universe and and make good movies. And Universal has every right to try and make good movies.
0: And Sony has every... You know, it's just... I don't know. I, I don't think it's a monopoly, per se. Well, and Adam, you say, you know, it was a big six, now it's a big five. But what Disney argued to regulators and regulators agreed was that that's not the way to think about it because that's only the movie industry, but streaming is becoming such a deal and becoming such a big part of this that, yeah, there's the big five movie studios and then there's Netflix and then there's Amazon. And the one that we probably don't consider enough, Apple is getting ready to hardcore invest in the content side. And so, right. It's not going to be long until, I mean, right now we have Netflix nominated for Best Picture with Roma. I mean, and they've got um, this new uh, Vigo Mortensen, I'm Stuck in the Snow movies coming out this weekend. You know, like the movie industry is moving more and more towards streaming. And so, yeah, we've got the five big studios and then we have Netflix and we have Amazon, and we have Apple, and those are going to be big studios as well as far as people who are creating content.
2: Right. And even the, the if you want to call it mid-majors or whatever, I mean, Lionsgate keeps putting out spectacular films too. Um, obviously not to the tune of $5 billion a year, um, but there's, yeah, I don't, I understand, obviously, it's upsetting that so many people are going to lose their jobs, but I I have a hard time understanding where the whole monopoly argument comes from, I guess.
0: And it's hard for me because I like what Disney does. Like, even if you want to say that Disney has sort of a, a box that they stay within, I really enjoy that box. That bo- box is movies that have humor and heart and movies that I can watch with my kids. And like, I don't know, you can call me a simpleton that I'm not as excited about these, you know, auteur movies that are being made by these great artistic directors. But I really like what they've done. And in the ways that Star Wars has become similar to Marvel, I like it because it's maybe more enjoyable for me. And so, I don't know, I guess I'm just hooked on the particular drug that they're selling. And so it's okay to me that we get more of it because I like it. And I guess I could see where I'd be more upset if I liked a different kind of movie more. One of the things that I did want to talk about in this conversation is the idea of schedule. We've talked about this a little bit. Uh, do you have any worries or concerns that Marvel's ability to grow or their film slate to increase will be uh, start to be hemmed in by the fact that they have to fit Marvel movies between all the other movies that Disney is going to start to put out?
2: No, because, I mean, the fact of the matter is there are theoretically disney could pump out 52 movies a year right i mean these movies are going to be mo i mean especially this year every single you know maybe without with the exception of dumbo but most other movies are going to are event movies maybe not captain marvel maybe not far from home but endgame certainly an event and you can bet you're at lion kings this year right you could bet your ass, Lion Kings, an event movie, you know, and Episode Nine's sure to sell an event movie. Um, and I mean, with as big of, I, with as big of opening weekend box offices these movies are going to have, I, I mean, Disney could push something the week after, right? And It wouldn't cannibalize it much, if at all, if it, especially if they staggered it so that Black Widow came out. You know, the first weekend in May, and then Lion King 2 would come out the week after, or what have you, you know?
0: What's the I mean, their output is 12 movies this year? Um, I actually should have looked this up ahead. I know they've got the three live-action, they've got Frozen 2, they've got Toy Story, they're doing Artemis Fowl, they've got the... Uh, if we include the Spider-Man, they've got the three Marvel movies... Um, they are doing a, uh, one of these wildlife movies. I don't know if that should count. I think there's only 10 or 11 on the schedule. I don't even think there's a full 12. And this is full, full, full for Disney. So,
2: I mean, even with the acquisition of Fox, I mean, maybe 15 movies a year on a very good year. Right. I mean, that would be unheard of. Um, but the whole thing is, man, and Kevin said this at the uh what was it, Golden Globes or something, you know, about Disney Plus. Disney Plus, that that's a whole other game changer for them. They don't need to release more than a
0: dozen movies a year with Disney plus. Yeah. I guess I'm just looking at the schedule, and they are still giving themselves three to four weeks of of room on every movie. You know, like When you look at their stuff, it is spaced out very carefully. And I'm just, I don't know, I'm just fearful of the day where it's like, well, we'd like to do another Marvel movie this year, but, you know, we can't fit it in. We've got Avatar 4 over here, and we've got Frozen 3 over here. And, well, we've got to do our live-action Hunchback, you know, and we've got to fit that in somewhere. And then, well, the Indiana Jones 5 is coming out. Like, at some point, I feel like Marvel may get jostled about by those things. And if the answer is, well, don't worry, we'll turn it into a streaming service. I don't know if that makes me happy.
1: Well, but I think you also have movies that don't compete with each other. You know, your rated R Black Widow could probably come out the same weekend as your live action Little Mermaid. You know, you're going to have a G-rated movie and an R-rated movie. They don't pull the same audience. So, I mean, I think they'll be able to handle that in that regard. Yeah. And even if they, you know, didn't want them coming out the same weekend so that you could take your children to the G rated and they still want you to go see the R rated. um, I mean, you could do those two a week apart and they wouldn't cannibalize on each other's thunder.
0: And I think that's really interesting. And I would hope that could happen. I guess I'm just... I'll be interested to see it. Like, when it does happen, I'll go, oh, okay, they've done that. Just because it's not a line that they've had to cross yet, and so I'd be interested to see if they do.
1: I mean, but they already sort of do it when they're competing with other markets. I mean, at Christmas, they took a bet with Mary Poppins versus Aquaman. And, you know, they went head-to-head. And... Somewhere Disney did the math and they said, "Eh, those two audiences probably don't intersect all that much. Uh, You know, I mean, like they already do that when they're competing. So when they're competing against themselves, they'll probably use that same logic.
2: And I mean, that's a hell of a problem to have. If you have two movies that you think are going to affect the box office of each other... I mean, you're certainly not in a bad spot by any
0: means, right? I do love, Rihanna. the fact that you said Little Mermaid and Black Widow immediately set my mind going to how the marketing department would look at it. Like, this Friday, it's all about the redheads. You know, like, (laughs) promoting both movies at the same time.
1: That would be awesome.
2: You've uh, you've added two new voices to the... uh collection you have disney marketing team and what was the one you did earlier you did uh i don't know like disney chairman or something oh, okay <laughs> so if we're keeping I'm tallies sure,
0: yeah i'm sure that will matt turner will help us out with that um we talked about this a little bit earlier with the R rating on black widow um and i have been the guy who said don't worry about it don't worry about it don't worry about it uh, I assume that, I mean, that's where we're still at, that Disney is going to start making R-rated movies, particularly under, like, the Fox banner, and that's not going to be a problem. Is that where you guys are are, are still thinking? I mean, particularly this Black Widow, I think, the Black Widow news throws a very interesting wrinkle into that previous discussion about Deadpool.
2: It's, an like you said earlier, I think it's inevitable. They're, they're going to have to do it sooner or later. Um and may from a marketing standpoint that's going to reach another demographic you know cuz obviously like we said there's still a decent amount of people out there that don't want to do these movies because they think disney's taking all the the sexiness out of them i guess for lack of a better word and if they do this r rated stuff i mean there there's a way to capture those folks Um, it'll, it'll just come down to marketing. You know, I are, is there going to be like Marvel Studios max or Feige after dark or whatever the imprint's going to be? I, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they sell it and market it, I guess.
0: Well, and from a marketing, from a branding perspective, Deadpool has a Marvel there is much Marvel logo at the front of a Deadpool movie as there is an Iron Man movie, right?
2: Wait, say that again.
0: Yeah, there's I mean, as much Marvel logo on a Deadpool movie as an Iron Man movie.
1: Does it flip through the comics? I mean, I know it's a different logo. You,
0: it, yeah, the Fox. Yeah, the
2: Fox one still goes through the comics, whereas studios changed it up to the zoomy thing through the letters and stuff. Right,
0: but I guess what I'm saying is Marvel is a Disney brand. And Disney is fine mm-hmm. slapping a brand that they own on the front of a Deadpool movie. Yes, it's not like they say, "Hey, Fox, just run your Fox thing. Don't put our name on it because we we're a family company and we don't want Marvel, which is associated with Disney, to be associated with this." Like it's there the same way that the Marvel logo is at the front of every episode of The Punisher. Well, in that,
2: um, I mean, in that regard, I don't think Disney has a say. <laughs> I would guess that's some that's probably why the uh, comic flipping thing hasn't been updated in 20 some years. It's probably because they gave
0: them the one asset and said, well, here you go. Well, but I mean, Marvel Marvel wants to be and this is where it gets so confusing. Even though Disney owns Marvel, Marvel wants to be associated with those other product projects. I mean, I guess I'm saying Disney is not super, super sensitive about their brand to the point that they do not allow trademarks they own, such as Marvel, to be associated with an R-rated product. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Does that that make sense? Makes sense. Right, yeah. Do you think Marvel is going to continue to take more risks and do more things? Like, is there a point at which... Like, do you ever worry that Bob Iger comes into Feige's office and goes, you know, that's just too risky for us? Or does Feige have the freedom to do what he wants to do? He can do whatever the hell he wants to do.
2: And that is why next year is going to be full of experiments. That's why we are going to get a rated R Black Widow movie. That is why we are going to get an Eternals movie that's set in like ancient Egypt or something like that is because he will also be doing four or five streaming service shows to release throughout the year as kind of a fallback of sorts. So I mean even if the movies don't do well, at least they will still be doing content on the streaming service. So, I mean it's it's I don't see why would they push that back any further, you know? It's obviously they're working on stuff, obviously they're dumping money into the shows. So you might as well you might as well experiment, you know. It is what it is. You have a Black Widow movie, you have an Eternals movie, um, and you you might as well try doing some testing while you'll still have backup content, I guess, in a sense on the streaming service.
1: So, like, you guys have looked into I mean, you guys know like the concept of credit scores. Like if you pay all your bills on time you have a decent credit score. But if you go out and you take loans and you pay those loans on time, you have a better credit score. If you show that you can take risks and still pay for them, you have an even better credit score than somebody that just plays it safe all the time. I think at this point, Feige has perfect credit. Like, they're going to trust him with way more than if you know, Tyka was in charge and Tyka came in and was like, Alright, I wanna do the mockumentary Marvel whatever they'd be like, Yeah, let's let's make sure you can, you know, pay your bills first. More than once. Um Yeah, you know, Feige can probably take what yeah, like you said, it's a year of risks. Um and Feige can take those risks. Yeah, you know, like I, I don't think Ike I think Perlmutter looks at it very much as a business proposition and Feige has built up his credit score.
0: Yeah, and I would think that at this point, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they run their business, but if they have so many, you know, as Adam said, if they're doing 12, 15 movies a year, you'd think it would give them more cover to some degree too. Like, nobody is crying about the, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms falling down because... Endgame or Infinity War totally made that up. And so when they look at the film division, the film division's in the black. And so I'm sure there's some accountability there, but you've got cover. Like, well, hey, if Eternals doesn't go exactly how we thought it would go, we've got a live-action Mulan that'll take care of it. I mean, it would seem like it gives them more leeway to try more things. And so I it, it does seem that way. I also wonder how they'll manage the company. Like... Bob Iger is going to be a busy guy. He's going to be looking over all of the Fox transfer stuff. They're going to be launching this new streaming service. Like you would think that just just the natural lack of we only get so many hours alive, you know. And so I could just think that Iger just has less time to babysit Kevin Feige at this point. To where I'm sure Feige calls up and he goes, "Hey, we're gonna make a movie called Eternals." And he's like, "Whatever, Kevin. I'm talking to somebody about a scre- streaming problem right now. Make whatever you want to make. That's fine. Whatever. Hang up." You know, like you would seem like the oversight will be less and less with say these you know different siloed studios, as the guys up top have much more concerns about integrating this new studio and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. That seems maybe it's too human. Maybe they'll just hire more people to middle manage, but you would think that there would be a little more freedom for Feige to take care of his own business. Cause they've got so many other things going on. Word. Word. <laughs> All right. I was like, Oh my God, that was so good. Word. Adam's like
1: taking off his headphones and stomping out of the room. Yep. See you guys. <laughs>
0: Have a good night. So Adam, earlier you had something you're going to get into. Have I got to it or is there something more that, something else that,
2: Oh, that was my, yeah, that was my uh, 2020 yeah. spiel. You know, I mean, it's... Why not, you know, do the rated R movie, do Eternals? If they hit on Eternals, Kev's gonna... He's going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants, even though he's probably already at that stage. But yeah. if they can turn Eternals into... Uh, I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, I mean, if Eternals makes a billion dollars, they... They'll make whatever the hell they want. It's they'll make a squirrel girl, squirrel girl movie, or they'll make a um four bushman movie, or they'll make just these bizarre, bonkers Stillman. stuff. Stilt man, um, man. There you go. Um, it's just they have they have the system, they have the process. You know, it's and they've already done with guardians. They've already done. Iron Man. You know they did it right off out of the gates with Iron Man. So,
0: uh um... You know what this makes me wonder is about how the coffers go with this money. Like obviously it's all Disney's money. But like when Infinity War makes 2 billion, is there a certain amount of the revenue that gets squirrelled under Marvel's account that Feige gets to spend on whatever movie he wants to spend it on? Or does it all go to Disney Central and then they have to get greenlit and get funded from Disney? Like, I'd be very interested to see how that works. Like, in other words, if Marvel is super successful and, say, Lucasfilm had a bad year like they did this year, does Marvel have more leeway to greenlight their own stuff than Lucasfilm does because of the success of their department?
1: I mean, I'm assuming it works like any other company that has different divisions. You know, they're going to, like, deny people in Marvel raises because they're going to be like, oh, we got to cover these slackers over here. And they might use it as a decision making tactic. Um, But ultimately, in the end, it comes down to it being a publicly traded company and legally mandated to make a profit. Or not legally mandated, but there's um, a.
0: Judiciary responsibilities. yes.
1: Yes, that's it. To, you know, increase stock prices. And so, you know, if Lucasfilm's bombs. Marvel is going, I mean, Disney is going to be responsible for making sure that they can still turn a profit. So, if that means cutting back on the Marvel spending, if that's what it comes to. Um, But, you don't get as successful as Disney without making those decisions um, wisely.
0: Well, and the stupid thing about all of it is with the merchandising. Even with the year they had last year with Solo, I'm sure Lucasfilm made tons and tons and tons of money off selling Star Wars action figures and video games and all that kind of crap, you know? Yeah. All right. Do you guys have any other Marvel talk or Disney? Is it good for the MCU talk before we're done?
2: Is it good for the MCU? Hell yeah, it's good for
0: the MCU. Yeah. I feel that way too. Like people, I don't know. I didn't mean to have a meaningless conversation, but there's a lot of like debate, a lot of nerves and... I think our general, the three of us, have just always felt like, yeah, being part of the biggest, most successful entertainment company in the world cannot be a bad thing.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I think there probably is damage that they do a good job of keeping us from seeing. I mean, anytime you have a merger, you have duplications and roles, particularly in management. And in merging those positions you cut that fat which i mean those are real people you know no matter what the position is those are real people losing their jobs but i don't think it's something i don't know i'm not seeing a lot of that negative at our level you know in what we see being the public i mean they're also, the
0: creation of a streaming service, I would assume, is creating a ton of jobs as well. You know, I mean, for, for all these people that are losing the the Fox merger, they're also having to create a lot of positions just to run the streaming service, you'd think.
2: I mean, this is, I'm going to sound like a huge ass, but I mean, I've watched Simon Kinberg's movies before <laughs> and I have no desire to watch another. Mm. So interpret that how you will. He's going
0: to have a gig running Clone Wars. Now that Clone Wars is back on Disney streaming, Simon Kimberg's a big part of that. Good thing I don't watch that. Oh, that's the best thing Kimberg's ever done. All right. Um, I think that does it. Let's jump over to the mailbag, which I am woefully unprepared for. Give me a second.
1: Um, Interesting. It's not necessarily our mailbag, but I know we've talked before about... Cloak and Dagger and Runaways and stuff and being overseas. And today, Mr. Gibberish was interacting with me on Twitter saying that Cloak and Dagger is now available on Amazon Prime in the UK.
0: Awesome. So listeners in the United Kingdom. Yeah, there you go. I know some of you guys had been kind of waiting for that. So um, awesome.
1: Cloak and Dagger, Runaways and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are all on Prime.
0: I, I think that you know, is... Hold up, we have listeners in the UK? Oh, yeah, I'm sure.
1: I mean, maybe we will now that I'm At sending them special want. messages. Yeah. Nice. Also, um, I'm coming your way, UK.
0: This is something that'll be good about Disney streaming as well, or Disney Plus. Whereas, like, when they did the DC Universe, they only did it in the United States. And so people in, like, Australia and England were like, well, I guess we won't watch Titans. I'm assuming that Disney Plus will launch much more broadly. I mean, there, it will be an international launch. Have we heard that officially? It's not just going to be a US thing. I can't imagine Disney would do a US only deal.
1: I mean, I would expect it to slowly work its way worldwide. My, it, you know, it's not. I think what took Netflix. I mean, Netflix wasn't worldwide until a few years ago. I want to think around the time, around 2015 or so, it's not just, you know, oh, let's allow it for the people there. I think, you know, every single title and everything has to be cleared and not on another cable service or something like that. So there could be delays, but I would be shocked if they didn't, like, have Europe and the U.S. and you know, South America, Brazil. I mean, surely they're going to get this Disney plus to the Brazilians. Cause y'all Brazilians are passionate fans. I'm assuming we have listeners in Brazil. <laughs>
0: yeah, we should look. Le- I, I used to look at those stats about what countries, uh, back when we were on SoundCloud, but I haven't looked at them recently. All right. A couple of uh, folks on the website, uh, gave us some good thoughts. Um, I believe it's German. Uh, left his uh, he was saying uh, Punisher random thoughts my problem with Billy Jigsaw is that uh, while I embrace the mental scar twist they gave the character most people on the show treated him like he was physically a monster it's like they wrote him as if they had the comic book Jigsaw in mind and so he mentions the bus scene where he's getting harassed for his scars and I guess that was funny that like people would see his face and like cringe or like make fun of like the scars but they weren't that big of a scar and so uh i think that's an interesting observation uh he did unexpectedly end up loving the mask and wish they'd used it more um in the first leg of the season i agree i wish they'd also used the punisher's vest more through the season
2: um oh i thought you said jigsaw's mask
0: yeah that's what he said he liked jigsaw's mask why'd you say vest then well i'm sorry I wish they would had Punisher's vest, Jigsaw's mask. Give us more oh. costumes. That's what I'm saying. Uh, also, he said he loved Dinah, but the fight with DeMont was absurd. There was no way a well-experienced Homeland agent should could not be able to deal with an unstable therapist. Okay, we didn't talk about that. But I was screaming at the screen in that last scene when the therapist attacked her. You're in the freaking FBI. How can you not take care of this woman that has no combat training? It, it drives me nuts when characters that don't know how to fight don't just whip up on people who, or, you know, whatever.
1: She's in DHS, not FBI. And I still don't believe her division exists.
2: The second dumont threw hands i had the light bulb went off i said she's going out the window i know damn well she's going out the window it was just that whole thing was absurd it's just like come on you're not actually gonna throw her out the window they did and i'm like huh okay the punisher yay the punisher can't wait for season three
0: uh love waffle um he was. He had. A, he has a whole deal here. It's pretty good. Uh, I won't read it all, but basically, if you want to know how to write Frank, how about just make him the bad guy? He's like, you know, the, like you don't need to do this thing where you make him likable or you good. Like you just tell the story from the perspective of a bad guy who's on the run from the good guys, and that's a way that you can tell this story. And he said, surprisingly... I mean, it's it's a shock to no one that when he was the bad guy in Daredevil Season 2, that's where the Frank Castle worked the best as a character. And so why can't they just do that? So I thought that was interesting. Uh, also, his avatar is apparently... The character's name is Tobias. And he has... Yeah. Uh, he has a uh, he has a, a, yeah. a gif of it actually moving. And it's terrifying. So... <laughs> Uh, was there anything on Twitter this week, you guys? You remember our good tweeter, Twitter, 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 Twitter friends? Anything else there on the mailbag? There's always
2: stuff on Twitter, man. What are you talking
1: about? I mean, people about? were really excited about our Royce interview. Um.
2: Yeah, but there was one reason that that
0: blew up. Come on, let's
2: not kid ourselves now.
0: Michael T. Ford did have some good stuff. Uh, let's see. What is uh, going to out? Oh, so he's talking about Black Widow. What would you guys think if they released two versions of a Black Widow movie? Like, could they do a deal like Deadpool where they gave us an R rated and a PG 13 rated version in the cinema and people can just pick which one they want?
1: I'd be down with that. Same weekend? Do you think I'm Disney does that, that the same weekend? Like, go to this theater for PG 13, this theater for R? It'd one. just be
0: different screenings, you know.
1: One's Black Widow, the other one's. Gray Widow. Gray Widow?
0: <laughs> no, I'm like, you know, some theaters have like different projection and different sound stuff. So you're like, oh, which one do you want to go to? Do you want to go to the 3D showing or the 2D yeah, I showing? Have- or the Dolby digital sound showing or the whatever. It would just be like, you want to see the PG 13 or the R rated. I think that's interesting. Now the problem with it would be theaters would probably, it would not surprise me if the theaters are making the choice. They'll go, okay, we'll take six screens of the PG 13 and one screen of the R, you know, until demand yeah. requires them otherwise. Cause they'll know they'll make a lot more money with the PG 13. Uh, he was also saying he'd like to see a Deadpool venom crossover movie which would be interesting uh good call mike his his thoughts on the disney deal was just how many billion dollar movies could one studio possibly make in a a year you know like is there some kind of like physics to the box office that would prevent that from happening i think that's a good question
1: but they can always get around that because it's multiple studios it's Lucasfilm studios marvel studios pixar studios
0: Uh, Michael also asked if studios has, uh, if Marvel studios has a stronger hand in what goes into Disney plus what's going to happen with properties and development as potential series. Is there going to be a distinction between ongoing series and mini series? Like, like this is something we still don't know. Like Loki, we think is going to be a mini series, but if it's really liked, are they going to renew it? You know, like this is all very difficult to figure out.
2: My gut feeling—I think everything on Disney Plus is going to be a limited series. I don't think there's going to be seasons involved. I think they get their six to eight to ten episodes, then that's just it for that property. But who knows? Yeah, it's all unknown stuff. It's completely new territory. So I mean, they could, but I mean, I just don't see them doing like a long term. don't i don't see them getting tom hiddleston for a tv show for five seasons Yeah,
0: but that's also you're also assuming i think that disney plus is not going to bring in any marvel tv stuff like that they're not going to bring Loeb and new warriors on board or something like that
2: that's the thing i mean what i i don't know that's the who get i jeez i mm, i don't know you know I, I want to say it's gonna be all studio stuff on Disney Plus. I have a gut feeling it's a, gonna be all studio stuff. But who knows? Maybe I mean New Warriors. What the hell's where's New Warriors? I mean that that pilot performed so well, it wrote itself off a of network. You know that's a Disney Play Plus or Disney Plus Play, is it not?
0: What New Warriors? I'm sorry, New Warriors.
2: Yeah, New Warrior, allegedly the pilot was so
0: good. No, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I have questions about, like, Freeform. Now that Disney's doing the streaming stuff, are they still going to run a cable channel called Freeform? And if they don't, would they take Cloak and Dagger and move it over to the streaming? Or they move it to Hulu? I think there's all kinds of questions. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe Freeform makes a billion dollars. I don't know. It just seems like they're getting out of that business. So, All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. You can interact with us a lot of ways. If you want to, send us messages on Twitter at Marvel Newsdesk, We usually check that. You can also communicate with us via our MarvelNewsDesk.com post each week. If you want to support the show, give us a dollar a month over at Patreon.com slash Marvel Newsdesk. You'll get access to our special film ranking episode available only to our Patreon supporters, uh, as well as uh, videos like The Road to Infinity War Supercut. That's old script. Uh, there's an even newer exclusive podcast which was our um, mcu debates episode like us on facebook at facebook.com slash marvel news or subscribe to the youtube channel watch.marvelnewsdesk.com you can also help the show be more visible to others if you want to leave us a five-star review on itunes the most important thing you do every week is listen and tell your friends and we're very appreciative thanks to tim cox for our logo he's on instagram at tim v cox and thanks to alvin for the theme music you can find him on a variety of social media platforms as at the skull school uh, that does it for this week, and we'll uh, see you next week, guys. Bye. Welcome back. Tomorrow... <laughs> I do this every week. Get away from us! <laughs> we don't want you here.
1: <laughs> you are not welcome! Uh, <laughs> good,
0: good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Modern Good Newscast.
1: evening, eavesdroppers!
0: We're recording live from Transylvania.